Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Brendan, thank you for uh, tweeting out Specs Peace. That's great from our at Oilers Now account. Uh, I do want to get to some text very quickly, just after I tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie the staff Oilers Now sent you. Uh, we also have Japanese Village gift certificates and Roos Chris gift certificates, and uh, I offered to give them to Drew during the course of the year, and he's, he's just one of those guys that's such a good guy. He doesn't uh, often, he's like, no, you don't have to do that for me, and it just it's, it speaks volumes to his uh, how modest of a fellow Drew is. But I wanted to read these texts, um, uh, texts about... Uh, Connor McDavid and you know preseason games. D-Man Mark says, "Hey Bob, big picture. Do you remember Sidney Crosby taking almost a year off after his concussion? He's won two Stanley Cups uh, since that occurred. It's not always about today. It's about the long game. Connor will be back this year, but it's not about that. It's about him being a productive oiler for his entire career. If he were miss, if he were to miss the season, which he won't, oh well. Similar to Kawhi Leonard." I want him to feel safe now that the Oilers have his best interests in mind. Patience, patience, patience from former D-man Mark. Uh, Cal in Red Deer is, why do people complain about too many meaningless preseason games? Uh, This year, the NHL, there are seven preseason games, and they mandate eight veterans in the lineup every game. I think scrap the veteran ratio and play eight to ten games to let the prospects have some ice and let the new coaches try things. Preseason isn't always about ticket sales or TV ratings. So we've had some pushback there. A lot. Some people like them, some people don't. We're going to bring aboard uh, from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. He'll be uh, splitting games uh, with Louis DeBrusque as the uh, in-game analyst and then also as a panelist, which means he has the privilege of working with Gene Principe a lot. Uh, Drew, how you doing? How's your summer been? Good, Robert. How about you? Good. Full disclosure, how many times have we talked this summer? Like <laughs> three times? That's about it? Was it that many? I thought it was only two. We was... check. We, we, to be fair, we do text. We do text. Um, but I only, only on me trying to check up on you and making sure that you're taking at least 
a little time for yourself. Yeah. But well, you don't. Yeah. Well, you know, I love it, right? I know you. I know. It's, it's, you, you, your, your summers are, are extremely different from mine. My biggest decision in summer is, is what time am I going to the gym? What time am I going to kickboxing? Your biggest decision of the summer is, okay, who else can I call and get more information on what's going on in the league? Yeah. Well, People I, don't know. You grind, man. You well, guys, I, I got to hand it to you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know what? Uh, Cora signed a deal with the uh, Edmonton Oilers for Oilers Now and for the Oilers broadcasts, and that was to have Bob host the show 49 out of 52 weeks. So uh, wow. I got to uh, I got to work on that moving forward. And I, <laughs> the, the, the gym, what is the gym? And what is kickboxing? <laughs> it's where I go to get balance. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I know, and, and you know you know my theory, right? It was always guys like you that I I was never leery of the guys that were bigger than me, you know, and you know, I'm not a small guy myself, but I was never scared of those six foot three or six foot four guys that didn't know what they were doing. It was guys your size that didn't yeah. did know what they were doing that always uh, you know, he kinda looks like he might Yeah, know but you know, here's the thing you learn. Okay, here's the thing you learn. And bigger and stronger will eventually win. Period. That's just the way it is. Even in so. today even in today's NHL as we saw Boston St. Louis, I mean Boston's not a small team. They're not nope. the same team that Pete Shirelli had in two thousand eleven, but they're they've still got some size. And St. Louis was certainly a bigger, heavier team as well. And and they played that way, didn't they? I mean you can you can be a big team, you can be a heavy team. Yeah. But there's teams that we've seen that they don't play that way. But you also have to have that element that that you know that I know that you talk about all the time. You still have to have now with size and and tenacity or pugnacious um, kind of demeanor. Right. You still have to have the speed. You still have to have the majority of your guys who can scoot up and down the ice. Because man, oh man, this game is fast now. Well, I, I I can tell you, I saw Nygaard today, and he can skate. And I, I and, and frankly, Gaetan Haas was a little bit bigger than I thought, which is good because uh, I thought he was, you know, going to be the size of Derek Ryan. But he's a bigger guy. He's a bigger guy than that. And so that uh, that's interesting. Let's get to a couple of the, the themes, though. Uh, we'll start with yep. Connor McDavid. Uh, you know, the, he got hurt on April the 7th. It's a six-month return from a PCL injury. He's five months in. His agent had told Mark Spector yesterday, we ran the clips to start the show. Uh, right now, Connor is on schedule and has not had any setbacks and is incredibly diligent in his approach. How, uh, you know, what, what, what's your whole take on this whole situation uh, involving McDav- McDavid and where he's at and, you know, how this uh, should theoretically play out? I think uh, your your previous text that you that you read regarding Connor, I think that gentleman was right on. I think patience and long term vision is what's what's important. I mean, do we care if Connor is at training camp skating? Not really, because he's Connor. Um, Connor's game is that speed. You know, I, and, and just to go back to that to the incident where he we, he was injured, I've had so many people come up and ask me. There's there, you wouldn't believe how many. Well, I guess you would. Uh, how many Oiler fans are in, in Saskatchewan? I mean, there's a ton of Oiler fans in Saskatchewan, and we seem to all go to the same gym that I go to. Um, and they come up and ask me about Connor and Connor and Connor and what's going on. Um, and many, many people have said to me, well, why would he play like that on the last game of the year? And, you know, the game doesn't mean anything. And because that's what Connor does. That's how Connor plays. You know it. You've seen it more yeah. than, than I have. How he is in practice, for crying out loud. The guy is... We can talk about his skills all we want, and we have ad, ad nauseum. But his attitude and competitiveness, I don't think it 
talked about enough. That's just how he plays, and that's how he's going to play. That's his game. So throwing that out the window and saying this is that's what he's going to do, okay, from here on, what do you do? Well, you, you be patient. You look at the long-term game. You let him heal 100%. And you, and I'm sure that Dave Tippett will do this. I'm sure Ken Holland will do this. And I know that you know the Oilers have an outstanding training staff, and, and they'll take care of Connor in this regard. But Connor's going to make the decision whether he's ready or not. I don't think we need to panic that Connor may not play in any preseason games and may not be ready to go right off the bat. Right. I don't. Don't you think? I no. I. He's ready when he's ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the that's the best way to put it. And and who knows better about his body? We saw that when he we had the shoulder injury than Connor. Yeah. Absolutely, Drew Ramenda from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sports. And so, Drew, Connor, the, the, you know, we and we can't. Five months in, he's good. He's in a good spot. We'll see at yeah. what stage. You know, is he there opening night? Are we talking about that first road trip out to New York? Time time will tell on that front. I want to ask you a question. The fact that Milan Lucic and Yasapoliarvi, who were being counted on to be offensive contributors uh, for Todd McClellan last year, okay, yeah. what do you think Todd's thinking, knowing that the Oilers have moved, that Ken Holland, you know, executed a move to get Luch a fresh start, take back a guy like James Neal, and also that Poliarvi, uh, you know, by his own sort of, from his own perspective, has ended up, you know, over in Finland. Yeah. Um, you know, you knew Todd well. Would you say that yep. those were the two biggest challenges Todd had coming into last off season when he uh, to the start of the season was, you know, what do I do with Luch and what do I do with Poliarvi? Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I think the biggest one of the you know, yeah, without a doubt. But I haven't talked to Todd for months. I haven't talked to him since last time I talked to him. He was going into Vancouver to meet with Luke Robitaille about the coaching job in Los Angeles. Right. So I haven't talked to him in, in ages. Um, but I, I think he would look at the two things. One, the James Neal coming in. I know that he really liked James Neal when Neal was in Dallas. I remember I remember those conversations. We had yeah. those and looking at that team, and he really liked James Neal. So I, I think he would have um, been appreciative if, if um, Peter could have got him somebody like that, could have swung at that type of deal. I mean, it, wasn't, it just wasn't available maybe at that time. He liked Milan. We all like Milan. He's he's the one guy, boy. And I I look at Milan and I think this that's a guy that you is the typical you can't judge a book by its cover guy. Right. Because he he's got that facade, you know, and he he looks like he's always mean. But then you get a chance to talk to the guy. He's deep. He's sure. thoughtful. Yeah. He's sincere. He cares. He wants to help. But didn't it kind of remind you of remember when Andre Secker talked to us, Bob, just a few years after his first year when he kept, when he talked about coming in as a big big name player and a six million dollar guy yeah. and you think every time you've got to go out there you've got to be that six million dollar guy and you get away from your game. Milan wanted to come in and be on Connor's line. Milan wanted to come in and be the, that guy you could count on that he the player who was in Boston. But the game sped up and he didn't. Through no fault of his own. He was always in shape. He was always a guy who cared. He was always a guy right. who wanted to do well. But the pressure weighed on him and eventually that disappointment in his own game it played on his personality and his attitude and his, and his status status within the team. I don't blame Milan for anything of what happened. He tried. He just the game just got too fast. For Yessi, you and I talked about this so, ad nauseum, oh. right? 
and you and uh, you know and and of the media that were around the team on a day-to-day basis or that were maybe yeah. on the plane or maybe traveled who was the guy that was most supportive of Jesse you you by a far by by a long shot and it was the guy who was most most um um critical of Jesse yeah and me yeah and and my my issue was and, and this is where you and I have had this fight a lot uh, you know and, Pay yep. a curtain back for some of the listeners. You and I have this fight a lot. How much is on the team and how much is on the player? Yeah. You and I vary on this, and I'm, I'm a big, big, big proponent of you have to invest in your career and you have to take responsibility yep. no matter how young you are. But the Oilers didn't do this kid any favors. Right. To me, I would have put him in, in Bakersfield and I would have let him play and become a pro and learn how to play. And you and I talked about it. You know, we look at Nashville's team last year. Nashville had every single guy on that team in Nashville last year. And they were a good, they were a good hockey team. They didn't do what they were supposed to do, but a good hockey team. Every guy had spent significant time in the minors yeah. in order to, including P.K. Subban, who came from another organization. You have to be able to develop as a player. And I know you're not against that. I, I no, that's, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. But the, the Oilers put him down. He'd have a couple of good games. They'd bring him up. Let him stay down there. Be patient. Let him develop as a pro. So the owners have to take responsibility in what they didn't. And, and here's the challenge we have, Drew, is we don't know yeah. what deal Pete Shirelli had with Marcus right. Slato, with, with Jesse, right? Like, right. My, my point was when he had nine goals in 21 games in 17-18, and we'd sit there in those coaches' meetings, which is part of the funnest part of our jobs, and I'd yeah. be like, you got to build on the momentum that this guy has got, because if you don't, it could go the wrong way. And that was always the, 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 the point in the context that I was coming from, and you would always be like, Bob, he's got to earn it, and I'm like, right? Right, and and we're both right in that situation because he didn't build on that early success in seventeen eighteen, and I can tell you by halfway through this year, Drew, you knew I was really concerned about the direction that it was going. One hundred percent. Like I was like, this is not going to. But I I wasn't in, you know, I wasn't in Peter's position. I don't know what sort of deal Peter had with Marcus. Maybe Peter told Marcus he's only going down for four games. Yeah, uh, we we don't know we don't know that right we right, do not know point. that so I I guess where I'm coming from is to the challenges that and ironically the third guy you mentioned Sekra that was you know and that was a concern for two yeah. years in a row for for McClellan I think that Dave Tippett and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth Drew but is Dave in a better spot right now in some regards even though there's uncertainty with Connor's start date and again everything's right on schedule but. Is Dave in a different spot because the decision's been made on Sekra? They bought him out. They're going to go. The decision's been made on Lucic. They've moved him out. They got Neil back. And Paul Yarby made the decision for the organization. He's not here. So is Tippett starting from a slightly different place than maybe Todd was dealing with the last couple of years? I think you're right. Coming off the playoff year, then going in and then having the bad year, and then nothing really changed in that offseason to to lead Todd into the season where you've ever ever thought that well there's is has has the general manager given the coach the best opportunity to succeed as a lot we talked about coaches giving players the best chance to succeed as in Paul Yarby's case did Peter do that for Todd and I would say no going into last year this year those decisions that were made the easy stuff was was done and and Ken Holland and and Dave Tippett those are easy decisions to make now Ken had to make some moves I think Ken tried to to add you know with with Yurko and Granlund and um and we've got you've got the, the depth on young D that 
that uh, Jay Woodcroft and Dave, Dave Manson have, I think, done a terrific, terrific job. He would know more about it than I would on those those young guys. But yeah, I think those decisions have been made. There's been changes made. I think the players within the room see that there's changes made and changes, I would uh, respectfully say, for the better. Um Guys are getting opportunities to have a jump back, a hungrier guy coming in like James Neal, a hungry guy like Mike Smith coming in, trying to make some changes, trying to do something uh, to reinvigorate their career. I would say that, yes, Dave's in a better position because the team, I think, mentally will be in a better position saying, okay, we got new guys here. It's not the same old, same old. We've got a chance to make some moves here. Yeah, I think it's an attitude that goes throughout should permeate throughout the organization. I'm, I'm not saying there should be overall optimism, Bob, right. but I think there should uh, should be some bright spots, I think. Yeah, I'm not a big believer in over-promising and under-delivering. Under I, I know you're not. You're but, but saying that, I am a guy two years ago who thought the Edmonton Oilers could win the Stanley Cup at the start of the year. I, I, I thought that could happen. I certainly thought they could win the Western Conference. Frank Saravelli from TSN had Edmonton winning the Stanley Cup. Lots of and, it, and the team went from being 103 points to 78 and 79 points. And in fairness, the coach had some, some real concerns. I mean, even last year at the start of the year, Drew, three right wingers. Yeah. Uh, Paul Yarby, Yamamoto, and uh, Ty Ratty. Uh, you know, and they and ended up having 15 goals in preseason, and then they didn't get 15 combined goals in the regular season. And Edmonton was fortunate that Chason and Cassian oh my goodness for 37 goals. Nobody Without saw a doubt. It. Yeah. So, but it's I, I I I'm with you. I think I can tell with Ken Holland. I mean, you you've been doing this a long time. I mean, Ken's reputation around the league pretty much speaks for itself, and his handling of the Lucic scenario with Neil has won over a lot of the fan base already. Yeah, I've, I got to talk to, to Ken Holland a, a bunch of times, and I spent, I was lucky one day, just about 15 minutes in their hallway in, in Detroit in the old building. Yep. He was there with Chris Draper, and I knew Chris from the Canadian Olympic team, and so we just had to start having a conversation, and I talked to Ken, I didn't really know, you know, how, many, how well do you really know the general managers you come in contact with across the league. But a great conversation with him. I went over after and I talked to Doug Wilson at the time because I was working for the Sharks, the Sharks general manager. And Doug Wilson went on and on and on about Ken Holland and how smart he is as a hockey man and how much respect he has around the league and the type of person Ken Holland is. Um, I, I called a couple of people when Ken got the job. said, because you know what Detroit had done and after yep. you know, all their great players had left and, and the criticism that Ken was under. So I asked, you know, is this guy still got it? And without a doubt, it came back from coaches and a couple other general managers. 100% he still got it. Still got tons of respect in the league. Very smart, astute, patient man, which is, I think, uh, a plus for any general manager. All right. Well, uh, we've had some good coaches here. How do you think Tippett's going to fit? In? I mean, Tom McClellan got a five-year deal with the L.A. Kings. Uh, Ken Hitchcock's the third all-time winning as coach. They had challenges getting traction with this hockey club over the last couple of years. How do you think Tippett's going to do? Well, you know me. I'm a, I'm a pro coach guy. <laughs> I know as you are because you've worked with some really good ones as well. I think Dave will be will be terrific. I think Dave is the type of um, guy that they need. He's a structured guy. He's worked with teams before, as we know, and, and that that some t- some of his teams didn't have a lot of talent, but he's able to milk as much effort and ability out of his players as possible. I think the other guy that we got we got to talk about is is Jimmy Playfair. Jimmy Playfair is an outstanding coach. 
who was a head coach. He was a good one. He's a good associate coach. He's one of those guys that you watch and you'll be around, and I think people will really learn to to appreciate what he brings. And, and they've got, you know, Dustin Schwartz is terrific, and then, you know, Glenn, we know well, and Jeremy Capel. It's a, it's a good coaching staff. And one thing that Ken Hall, that, that Ken Hitchcock found out last year he was good, it wasn't coaching. Yeah, he had good coaches. I agree. Yeah, he, he had good coaches, and Todd, he knew Todd was a good coach, and um, it wasn't coaching. And so I think Dave will be really good. But the, the one thing about Dave is, like I said, he he doesn't ever stop coaching. You know, and I think that right now this team, he he's able to find and coax and negotiate and get and force every everything out of every player he's he's played. It, I talked to Shane Doan about Dave Tippett, and he gave me um, big thumbs up on the guy. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Final question for NHL hockey and Rogers analyst Drew Remenda, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. So, hypothetically, Drew. The Edmonton Oilers make the playoffs if which three things happen for the hockey club this season? If goaltending is strong, number one. If James Neal has a bounce-back year where he gets to his 20-plus or more goals and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl continue to lead the team like they have. Those three things. There we go. Drew, let's do this again, okay? Okay, buddy. Anytime. Nice right. talking to you finally. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Out of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. That's Drew Remenda. And we're already getting people saying uh, they text in. They'll show at 630, 630 on our Heartland Ford text line out of Fort Saskatchewan. Bob, Drew's in shape. I'm sure Drew appreciates that. I work out of the gym with Drew, see him every day. He's in fantastic shape. So uh, thank you to that texter for sending that to us out of Saskatoon. We'll take a quick time out. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, all right, all right. It's 12.56 in Edmonton. Oilers fans looking for a great sports weekend trip? We have one. You can join Oilers Now in New York City this October to see the Oilers play the Devils and the Rangers, and you have an opportunity to see the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. This New York package includes four nights at the Westin Hotel, lower bowl game tickets for the Oilers games, plus a welcome reception. You never know who's going to drop by at the welcome receptions. We've had general managers... We've had some great guests over the years. Um, you name it, we got it going on. Just a couple seats left on the Oilers now. Hockey roadie to New York City. It also includes an NFL tour. Call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. To our Heartland Ford text line, Bob, uh, Tobias Reeder has signed a PTO in Calgary. Any chance the Oilers add anyone? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm not the first guy to mention this, but uh, you know, if Riley Shin doesn't sign with anybody, I could see, you know, PTO being an option there. You can text us at 630, This text comes in, hey, Bob, uh, California has Aikens and McClellan. Calgary took Lucic. We're going to win our division for sure. All right. KS has texted the show, Bob, the team should never guarantee anything to a young player if that happened. The agent should be looking out for what's best overall for his client. Short term doesn't really matter. Patience is required. If the player is immature and just not ready, the player is always wanting to play in the NHL right from uh, young kids. So he doesn't have any idea of what's best for himself. Jesse played a part in this issue, but I blame the agent, the orders, and anybody else that tried to force this player when he isn't ready. And again, I don't know what the deal was between Pete Shirelli and 
Marcus Lato. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, if you were number 98's biggest proponent, then clearly you know nothing about hockey or hockey players. Well, thank you for that. Uh, he was the consensus third overall pick in the 2016 NHL draft. But uh, clearly, if you're Nostradamus and you can sit there and make a bunch of predictions for us, give me a, give me three or four that I can highlight for you, and uh, we'll save them for the course of the season. How does that sound? We'll see how you do. Maybe for the next couple of years. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back on Oilers Now, uh, we'll hook up with Al May. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.